You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicago. We're currently in a teaching series called Ask Anything. Each of us carry questions, doubts, and uncertainty that emerge from the current culture and from living in a broken world. In this series, we are looking at what God's Word says about some of the questions we face as followers of Jesus. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, Harvest. How are you today? Good, good. Well, I am really excited to get back into God's Word. I had a little bit of time off. I hope you're getting some refreshment this summer as well. And really excited about being together, gathering with our church community, our church family together. You know, we're a, a faith community that, that seeks to live out our relationship with the Lord. And if you've been coming to Harvest for many, many years, or if this is like your first week, we're really glad that you're here. And you're in a group of people who are seeking to be real about our relationship with the Lord, about the positive things and about the the negative things in our lives, and seeking the Lord's guidance, specifically from His Word, as we try to live out our lives in a way that honors Him. And I think a lot of times we look at that a little bit like, like one of those paint-by-numbers kind of things. Do you remember those from when you were a kid? You get that picture uh, maybe of a nice landscape or something like that, and, you know, seven is yellow and four is blue, and, and we want our lives to be just like that. Like, God, tell me what color to put where. Tell me exactly what the picture is going to look like, and I'll follow those instructions exactly, and I will paint those things exactly like that, and I'll, I'll get the picture that I'm supposed to have. And we've been taking a lot of time this summer. We're going through a series called Ask Anything. You saw the little video a moment ago, and we're looking at some of these questions that you have asked, that our church family has asked on how can we live our lives in a way that honors the Lord. And what are some of these these topics that that we really want to figure out that we're struggling with? And it has been great to see all of the different questions that have come in and to to begin to tackle some of these things. And so we're going to be looking at one of those things today. We're going to be looking at uh, how can I know God's will? And more specifically, how do I determine God's will for my life? We're going to be looking at what does the Bible say about all of that. But before we do, let's take a moment and pray right now. Father, we are grateful for your word and grateful for this community of believers, this place that we have to gather together to worship you, to get our eyes off of ourselves and onto you and onto your word. And so we would pray, Lord, that you would work in our midst even now. Uh, show us from your word this, um, all of the things that we need to learn about your principles and your purposes and your precepts for us. What is your will for our lives? We pray that you would instill that in our hearts and allow us to see that so that we could live for you in a world that desperately needs Jesus Christ, that we could live in a way that honors you. Would you do it now, Lord? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, we're going to be jumping around quite a bit. Uh, Go ahead and grab hold of your Bible and uh, turn over to Romans 12. That's where we're going to be first. But get your thumbs ready, either in your uh, paper copy of God's Word or on your phone. Uh, This is pretty uh, different for us. Uh, The typical thing that we do on a Sunday, especially uh, if you're new to our church, the thing that we do on a weekend gathering is we... uh, Typically, we'll pick a passage of Scripture and walk through that passage and and glean from it all of these truths. 
But because of this uh, series that we're in right now where we're looking at some of these topics, and because of this specific topic, we're going to kind of be jumping around a lot. And so we're going to be at a lot of different places of God's Word um, that are, are going to be our spiritual food for today. But first, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Let's begin here together. Uh, Paul here says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. What Paul is saying here is that if you remember in the, in the Old Testament, they would come to the temple or the tabernacle and they would sacrifice animals. That, that was the way that they were to worship the Lord. They would bring these animals to the altar and they would kill these animals to offer them up in worship to the Lord. But now what we're called to do is the same altar that's here, we are to be a living sacrifice. So no longer are we offering animals, nobody brought a goat with them to church today, did you? Good. Uh, it makes a mess in the lobby. But um, we don't do that now. In, instead, what, what God calls us to do is for you and I to climb up onto that altar and give our whole lives as a living sacrifice for God. Just as that animal got on that altar and was given to the Lord, it belonged to the Lord. You belong to the Lord. Christian, if you've turned from your sins and trust Jesus Christ by faith, this is what we do now. We climb up on the altar every single day and sacrifice ourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord. That's our worship. That's what we do. It's acceptable to God. And then he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Just like when we witness a baptism together and we hear the stories of how a person went from darkness to light, from death to life, there's a transformation that happens in a person's life. And if you've come to Jesus Christ by faith, you've been transformed. And this transformation of the Spirit continues in us. It's why we so often ask that question, so, so how has your life been different since receiving Jesus Christ? Because he's transforming by the renewal of our mind. And then he says that by testing, you may discern, here it is, what is the will of God? What is good and acceptable and perfect? So here at the beginning, the reason I want us to look at this passage is because the will of God is for you to be offered up as a living sacrifice to God. That's what Paul is saying here that you would come to Jesus Christ and that your life would be surrendered to him. The will of God is a surrendered and transformed life. Living in the will of God is submitting to his clear plan for human flourishing and living in the freedom that he grants us. I'll say that again. Living in the will of God is submitting to his clear plan plan for human flourishing and living in the freedom that he gives us in Jesus Christ. And we all have all of the specific questions that, that follow because of that. Like, what job should I take? 
Where should I move to? What person should I marry? What shirt should I wear today? We have all of these specific questions that, that maybe you and I struggle with. But, and these are important questions. But more than knowing those specific decisions to make, the will of God is about me living my life surrendered to the Lord and then free to decide when I'm living a life that's transformed by Jesus, that's being renewed by Jesus and surrendered to God's purposes. That's what the will of God is that we see in Scripture. Now, Scripture uses God's will in two primary ways. If you want to cheat, just go to your, your phone. You go to that ESV app, and up in the, I think it's the top right, a little magnifying glass, click on that thing and type in God's will or will of God. You, you can do all of this that I did. It's super easy today. I'm giving you a little insight. Okay, so, but scripture uses God's will in two ways. First, it talks about his moral will or, or God's revealed will. This is what God desires that would happen for me and for you. It's, it's what God's wishes are for this world. It's his commands. It's his precepts. It's, it's him telling us, this is what I want it to look like. And can I give you some incredible news today? You can know with absolute certainty what God's revealed will is for your life. Because we learn his revealed will through a knowledge of his word. God gives us what his will is for our life. This is God's revealed will for you. By far, by far, when you click that little magnifying glass and look at the will of God, by far, most of them in Scripture, when it talks about God's will, God's desires, God's wants, God's wishes, it's talking about this. It's talking about his revealed will for us. And that's what Paul means here when he says this here, that what's the will of God? Again, that you would be presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's God's will for you. That you would be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's God's will for you. That's what he wants to happen. That's what the will of God is. Let's look at a couple other passages of Scripture that all have to do with this idea of God's revealed will for your life. 1 Timothy 2.4, God who desires all people, look, this is what he desires, all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what God's will is. His desire is that every single person would come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ, would turn from their sins and follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's God's will. Again, 1 Thessalonians 4.3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. God's will for your life is that you would grow in holiness that every month that goes by, every year that goes by of you following Jesus Christ, you would be more like him. You would be more holy. That's God's will for your life. 1 Peter 2.15, for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. 
God's will for your life is that you would do good, that you would know the right things to do that are found in His Word, the, the ways that He instructs us, and that you would do good, that you would grow in those things. This is God's will for our lives. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God's will for your life is that you would be thankful in every situation, every circumstance that comes along, the good and the bad and the ugh, that you would be thankful. That's God's will for your life. Micah 6.8, which is a somewhat familiar verse. We sing songs in kids' ministry about this verse. He has told you. He's told you. He has told you. It's been revealed to you. What is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. This is the will of God for your life, to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with God. This is God's revealed will for your life and for mine. And there are tons more verses if you click that little magnifying glass on your phone. There's lots and lots of verses that tell us specifically this is God's will for your life. And we walk around wanting to see the paint by numbers. What is it supposed to look like? A ton of it is told to us. It's God's revealed will for your life. Now, we can clearly see all of this. Now, it's my will, my desire, my wishes that my kids would always obey everything that I tell them to do. Doesn't always happen. It, it, it is my will that my kids stop fighting in the back seat and hitting each other and you cross the line and all those things. Now, it doesn't always happen, but, but that's my will. So if, if my kids are like, Dad, what's your will? I, I'm pretty clear on what it is. Don't fight with your brother. Don't hit your sister. Be loving and kind towards one another. Please share. That's my will for them. God's revealed will is crystal clear for us. There's a ton of passages that tell us exactly what God wants. And the real question is, are you living out his revealed will? It isn't so much, God, what's your will? It's, am I doing your will? So are you living out God's revealed will? That's God's revealed will. There is another way that we can see God's will in Scripture. That's his revealed will. There's also his sovereign will or God's secret will. God's secret will. Here's another verse that speaks of that. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Notice it's, we see both of them right here. The secret things belong to the Lord. The Lord is always at work. He always has a plan that's rolling out no matter what, that's happening, but it's a secret thing. 
It's a secret thing that belongs to the Lord, but revealed to us. Ephesians 1.11, in him, in Jesus Christ, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him. That means before you were ever born, God had a complete plan for your life. He has every single day mapped out everything. He has a secret will for it. Now, it's not your job and my job to try to find that out because it's a secret. That's what it means. But he has it planned the whole time who works all things according to the counsel of his will. God is working every single aspect of your life and my life according to the counsel of his will. Now, we don't always know the ways that that God is working, and we can look into those things and can ask for wisdom at times. We can seek his guidance through an obedience to his spirit. I want to look at another passage, Acts 16. I told you we're going to jump around a bunch. Your thumb's getting tired yet? Okay, good. Uh, this is Acts 16. This is uh, Paul's second missionary journey. So if you remember, he's going around with all his friends, telling people about Jesus, planting churches, encouraging churches that he planted recently. And this is the second time all through the region that he's doing that. And then uh, Luke, because this is the book of Acts, Luke is telling us this. And he says, they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. You see, they're following the leading of the Spirit in that. They're not sitting on their hands waiting for something to happen. They're, they're, they're trying to go. Look, look, they were forbidden to go through a certain area, to, to go through Asia. Now, we don't exactly know what this means. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know what that means. Did the Holy Spirit, like, somehow audibly say to them, do not go to Asia. I don't know. Did, were they at the border and, and pull out their passport and, oh, your visa expires next month, so we're not going to let you? I, I don't know. We don't actually know what that is, but, but they see it as a clear direction from the Lord, and so they follow. And then, then again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. I don't know what that means, but they take it as God's direction, as God leading them a specific way, as his spirit working, and, and so they, they redirect it. And, and then they have a vision that appears to them, urging them to come over. And, and, and then Paul concludes that, I, well, I, I guess that God has called us to preach the gospel there. You see, they see all of these things happening and, and, and they act accordingly, but, but they're not sitting on the mountain like, well, God, you better tell me what your will is. No, they're trying to do things. They're making decisions and moving forward and allowing God to redirect them. One thing is for sure, it was crystal clear to them 
That, that's the direction God is sending us. I think a lot of times for us, we sit there waiting like, God, would you please tell me your will? And then we don't do anything because God hasn't revealed his will. Well, maybe he just wants you to decide. Maybe he wants you to take a couple of steps and he will redirect if needed. For most of us who are seeking to follow the Lord, we're we're working on and trying even more to, to share our faith to tell people in our sphere of influence about Jesus. He's won my soul and worked in my life so much that I want to tell people about the Savior that I have. And you do too. And have you ever had that like intense feeling where you're in a situation, maybe with some friends, and you just feel like, I I should tell these people about Jesus? Anybody had that before? I've had that before where you stand there and maybe you listened to it, maybe you didn't, I don't know. But we have like that feeling, I don't know. And, and we just, we wonder, maybe I should do that. The other day I was uh, spending some time with some friends uh, who were in my discipleship group and one of them said to the other one, you know, you should text that person and ask them out for coffee and sit down and tell them about Jesus. It was like really clear, one person said it to another. And then other people, I I have not had this happen, but other people have been in a situation and they have said that they have audibly heard God say, tell that person about Jesus. And they've told the person about Jesus and they've turned from their sins and come to Jesus by faith. Now, which of those three is valid? The sort of feeling I have or the the friend giving correction or, or, or direction to another friend or the audible voice of the Lord to a person? Which, which one of those is valid? All of them are valid. The Lord works in all of those different ways. And I think we get into problems when we think like, no, he only, he has to speak to me. And I'm going to sit on this mountain until God audibly tells me what I should do next. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes the spirit of Jesus forbids them to do it. And we don't always know what that looks like. Was it a feeling that they had? Was it a friend that said, man, don't go over there. I don't know. Was it Jesus standing before them like the man of Macedonia and saying, don't do that. I got another plan later. We don't know. But God can work in all of those ways. But we run into issues when we camp out and say, no, it has to be just like this. I'm waiting here until I hear the Lord's voice specifically about that. Far more common that I have found is knowing the Lord's ways. You know in Exodus 33 where where Moses is going to lead the people of Israel and he's stressed out about all of it and then he says to God, God show me your ways. God I want to know how you're like. I want to know the way that you work. I want to be able to understand intimately all that's in your heart, all of your desires, and and all of the things that are important to you. And I have found that this, by far, is the way that we really understand what are God's desires that are secret. What are God's desires that aren't specifically revealed to us in God's Word? It's understanding His ways. I mentioned that I had a little bit of time off. I I love to play golf. 
Uh, don't judge me for some of you who hate golf, but I, I love to play golf. And uh, for 19 years now, I've done this like golf trip with these guys. We just go out to Rockford. It's nothing special, but we have a lot of fun together and play a ton of golf. And so I've played with these guys so much. We've spent a lot of time on the golf course, and I know how most of them are going to hit the ball most of the time. I know where their typical miss is. I know where their good shot's going to be. I know the shots they like to take and the ones they'd rather avoid. I know their game. I know their ways because we've spent so much time together. I just know their ways, and they know mine because we've spent the time together. It's like if any of you have been married for a long period of time, you know your spouse's ways. I mean, you know how, how they like their coffee and if they like pineapple on their pizza and all of those, those sort of things that are, are a little silly. I'm not calling coffee silly, just to be clear. But all of those things that aren't all that important, really. But you also know how they're going to act in certain situations. You know the things that stress them out. You know the things that, that like fire them up and get them excited. You, you know the things that are going to encourage them or build them up. You know the things that can tear them down. You know their ways because you've spent the time getting to know that person. Do you know the Lord's ways? Because it only comes with longevity. It only comes with lots of time spent in his revealed will for us. I know the Lord because I've spent the time in his revealed word. I've spent the time walking with the Lord in prayer and understanding, God, what are you doing here? I've seen God work in my life and in other people's lives. And so now I begin to understand the ways that the Lord works. And we would say, God, God show me your ways so that we can follow you in greater ways. Do you know his ways? And as he leads, obey. And then thirdly, freedom in his sovereignty. Freedom in God's sovereignty. Augustine famously said, love God and do whatever you please. Love God and do whatever you please. And for some of us, that feels a little bit like, wait a minute, wait, do whatever you please? Like, whatever I want? That can't be right. But the second part only comes when you've accomplished the first part. It's love God and do whatever you please. The full quote of what Augustine said is, love God and do whatever you please for the soul that is trained in love to God will do nothing to offend the one who is beloved. You see, if you're truly seeking to love God, if your heart has been transformed, if you are treasuring Jesus Christ, then all of the decisions that you make, the free decisions that you make, will be done within those parameters, will be done in order to love him in greater ways. Now, I know that some of you are like, this still sounds too loose for me. I, I need a, a little more help. Great. I'm going to give you a little more help. How do I try to discern God's will? How do I make a decision? How am I going to go about understanding his ways when I'm confused? So I want to 
we've been talking about art. I talked about the, uh, the paint by numbers. I'm going to do an incredible uh, rendering right now. Thank you. Okay, first, I want to look at what does the Bible say? God's revealed will for me. What are the things that I can seek to understand? And as I'm thinking about this decision, I'm, I'm going to choose which one of these two jobs to take. Now, is there anything in God's word that, that would prohibit me from taking one of these jobs? You know, this job over here, if I'm going to do that, it actually causes me to, to do some things and to act in some ways, to be required to do some things that are are against God's word. I'm not going to take that job. You see how it rules that out immediately. So, so what are the ways that God's word speaks to this? And, and then beyond that, I'm going to spend time in prayer about it. Like really in prayer about it. it by God's grace, we're going to talk about prayer next week, actually. But like, I don't mean the like sitting in your kitchen sipping your coffee, just thinking about the decision, that's not what I mean. That's not prayer. What I mean is get on your knees and say it out loud to God. God, I don't know what to do here. Would you give me your wisdom in this? Help me discern. Please lead me. Please direct me. If I'm going to make a wrong decision, help me there. Spirit of Jesus, forbid me if I'm going to do the wrong thing. Like, God, direct me. Like, really spend the time in prayer. Really. And then after that, taking some time to process what actually is best. If my goal, I know that your revealed will, the very first one that we looked at, is that I would be transformed, that my mind would be renewed. Of these two options, which one is going to help me grow as a Christian best? Which one is going to help me fulfill all of the commitments that I already have? I'm a husband and a father and a friend. And a, which one is going to help me best do what's on my plate? Help me best glorify you. Spending time doing that. And then after that, I'm going to look at my counsel. Scripture says that there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. So taking some time, spending some time with the people in my life who love the Lord and love me. Going to those wise people that you know and say, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Here's this option. Here's this option. There's wisdom in that, in going to those counselors and seeking counsel from those people. And then, if you've done all of that, what do you want to do? Which one do you like more? This feels way too easy for us lots of times. We're like, no, but, but give me what number is supposed to be yellow. No, no, no. Tell me what I'm supposed to paint, Lord. No, I, I, and what do you want to do? Love God and do what you please. See, it's, it's like a loving father who, who comes to his child after dinner. You had a great dinner. How about a piece of candy? Now, you can have one piece of candy. And he, he lays out three pieces of candy before the child and says, pick a piece of candy. You can have one. And the child looks up at their father and says, which one am I supposed to have? 
whichever one you want. I mean, like this one has strawberries in it, and I, I know you love strawberries, and, and this one's dark chocolate, and dark chocolate's amazing. It's like the best in the world, so it's really good. And this one is a peanut butter cup, which everybody loves a peanut butter cup, unless you're crazy or, or allergic to peanuts. So, you know, which one do you want? The Father isn't setting down two pieces of poison and one piece of candy. God's not trying to trick you He's not saying, like, this is some treasure map that, that you have to find the X. You, where is the dot? You've got to find the dot of my will. And if you don't find it, you pick the poison one. I can't even believe. God is a loving father. Now, he sets some parameters. You can't have 12 pieces of candy. You pick one. But they're all great options. All three of those fit. We could run them through this, this whole thing. And all three of the options before me are good options. It's not like one is going to totally mess up your life. But so often we look at God's will like that. I have, it's, a, it's a treasure map, and i got to find that X to, to find where the buried treasure is. And if I don't, oh my goodness, my life is over, and I'm going to be outside of God's will. That is not what we see in Scripture. It's like if you've ever been on a cruise ship before, the the ship is going to the destination. It's going to get there. Now, while you're on the cruise, there's all sorts of stuff you can do. You can go on those cool water slides. You can take the little Jeep excursion off into the mountains when you guys stop. You can, you can sit by the pool. You can sit at the buffet and have like 37 shrimp cocktails if you want. It's up to you. The boat's still going to the destination. You get the freedom to choose because you're on the boat. If you're seeking to love God, if you're seeking to, to honor him with your life, to, to live a life where I'm the living sacrifice over to the Lord, you have the freedom. Love God and do what you want. You have the freedom for all of that to, to choose in his sovereignty. I mean, yes, you and I will make mistakes. We will make decisions that probably, eh, maybe something else would have been better for me. I don't know. But God is using all of those things, the, the, the things that would seem like a good decision, the things that seem like a mistake. He's using all of it for his purposes. And you don't need to stress about what those things are because the secret things belong to the Lord. They're secrets. You don't need the treasure map trying to find the X. Just go pick something. Love God and do what you want. And finally, trust in his promises. Trust in God's promises. He says he will never leave you or forsake you. You could trust in that. He says that he's working all things for your good. You can trust that. God's working and he's accomplishing his secret will even when it doesn't make sense to us, even when it doesn't look like it to us at all. I mean, think of Abraham for a moment. God promised him that his descendants would be numerous. He said, go, go, out, go outside, L look up in the, in the sky, see all those stars? Yeah, that's how many kids you're going to have. That's your descendants. And Abraham does just about everything he can to mess that up. 
I mean, look at all the decisions he makes. Yeah, Sarah's my sister. What? He, he tries to have a kid with his servant, and God's like, oh, Abraham, come on. No, 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 no. Now, I'm going to bless the kid anyway, because I promised that I would bless you. But that's not what I was talking about. No, no, no. You and Sarah are going to have a kid. I know she laughed about it. I know you guys are really old. Just, just trust me in that. God's will still happens. His promises still come to pass. Even we would look at some of those and be like, yeah, Abe, that wasn't the best decision. It's okay. God still worked through all of it. You can't mess up his plans. You can't miss his purposes. You can't ruin his promises. The will of God is a surrendered and transformed life. Think about Joseph for a moment. So he has this dream that his whole family is going to bow down and worship him, essentially, that, that they're going to be laying before me. And now, okay, Joe, you probably shouldn't have told your brothers that that, that early. This, okay, wasn't great. But he has this dream. Think about the years and years that he's sitting in prison, wrongly accused, likely sitting in the dirt, Think about the things that would race through his brain. God, I, I really thought that that vision was from you. God, I thought you were going to do something with my life. And I mean, I made some mistakes, but nothing deserving of this. Joseph never could have known when he had that vision, uh, like how long it would take or how painful it would be or how hard it would be for him as he sat in prison and waited for that road to end in the fulfillment of God's promises to him. God brings about his promises and we can trust in them. It often takes far longer than you or I want. It's often lots harder than you or I want. And sadly, it usually hurts way more than you or I want. But God is always faithful to bring about his promises. One last verse for us. Isaiah 46.10, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. God will accomplish his will. He will accomplish his purposes. But you don't need to pull out the, the treasure map and, oh my goodness, where, where's the X? Love God and do as you please. When you're living within the constraints that God gives us in his revealed will, we can trust that his secret will, all of his purposes will come to pass. You see, from our perspective, it's not really like a paint by numbers. The Lord telling us exactly where to put the yellow and exactly where to put the green and, and all of those things. Instead, the Lord would put before you a canvas. And he would hand you a brush and say, paint and enjoy and glorify me through it. I mean, he's created some boundaries. Keep it on the canvas, guys. He's given us some instructions. Hey, how about paint a nice landscape and maybe include some mountains in there? But you get the freedom to decide what type of landscape that is, what it looks like, 
what, what colors you will use, if there'll be a waterfall or some snow up on the mountains or some little happy trees. You get the freedom to choose all of those things. God wants you to be the artist. He wants to see the beautiful painting that you will paint of your life that will be a living sacrifice for him. He wants you to be fully surrendered and transformed by him and given over for his purposes. He wants there to be a beautiful painting that you get to paint. And many of our problems come when we think it, it needs to look like a paint by numbers. And God's saying, no, I want you to paint. I want you to choose which candy you want. I, I want you to flourish in your love for me and your purposes here in this world. And many, many of our problems come as we're painting our canvas and we look at the dude next to us and we say, that's not supposed to look like that. It's supposed to have these trees over here. Listen, your canvas isn't going to look like the canvas of the person next to you. God wants each of us to live a life that's fully surrendered to him. Yes, that's living within the parameters of his revealed will that he gives us, but that has the freedom to choose with joy what we believe will most glorify God through our lives. There are tons and tons of freedom in God's will. So love God and do whatever you please. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for your promises that you give us in your word. We're so grateful for the many, many, many ways that you instruct us with your revealed will. The ways that you give us these things so that we can uh, grow in our lives to follow you in greater ways. And Lord, we would pray that you would give us the, the joy and the, the freedom to climb up onto that altar and give our lives over to you. That we would see the choices before us as a, as a an opportunity to paint a beautiful picture for you that, that gives you glory and rejoices in who you are and shows your love to a world that desperately needs you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicago. For more information and how to get connected to one of our campuses, go to harvestbible.org. Tune in again next week for another edition of the Harvest Bible Chapel podcast.